Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 156, The Power of Your Word. I was inspired to do this episode because I have been thinking a lot lately about how I'm showing up in the world socially as the world continues to just open up more and more and more. So obviously, we've been in a pandemic for over two years. And yes, I connected with loved ones on the phone and via Zoom. And I was developing my relationship with the love of my life, Larry. We had met in September of 2019 the pandemic obviously began officially in March of 2020. So even though, of course, it was challenging, I think it was a lot more challenging for a lot more people around the world. And I was fortunate enough to be falling in love. So I had the dopamine and the serotonin and the oxytocin all firing together. And it was pretty amazing and blissful. And I moved to Santa Barbara and it is just such a beautiful place. And to be by the ocean and step outside and get fresh air, even if we're all hunkering down and obviously isolating and avoiding each other. So I also had the privilege and the luxury of continuing to grow my coaching business because I could do everything online and on the phone. So I can honestly say, again, it was a challenging time, but really, I didn't have too much to complain about. And now as the world, I don't know why this is like difficult for me to articulate, but I'm, I want to set it up so that you understand where I'm coming from and how I'm going to weave this topic, the power of your word into whatever is going on with you in your dating life, whether you are heartbroken or single and frustrated, or you're single and feeling empowered and you're dating right now, I think the words that we use are so, so powerful. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I became a heartbreak and now adding to this title, Finding Love Coach, because I had been a hot mess, not just in my love life, but in all areas of my life, my relationship with my health and my body, my acting career for many years, growing my yoga business, friend relationships, family relationships, my relationship with money. I mean, you name an area that you are working on in your life or dealing with in your life. I had drama there. I had angst. I had frustration. And I could honestly say I had failure. Failure, I believe, is a thought, but I was just constantly getting in my own way. And yet I had a lot going for me in a lot of ways. I had a pretty decent acting career. I had amazing friends. I was pursuing my dream in New York City. I had a very supportive family system. So I did have a lot going for me, but I was just on the struggle bus all the time in so many areas of my life. And what it really came down to was my relationship with myself, was my thoughts about myself. Your thoughts create your results. And I didn't even realize how little I thought of myself, which was why I was creating really painful results in so many areas, especially my love life. My my heartbreak in my love life was really the most debilitating pain I've ever experienced. Now, what I have preached, especially in the last four years that I have really stepped into a next level of myself and my relationship with myself and have really taken this heartbreak, finding love coaching business to the next level, I believe that I have because I have 
really powerfully shifted my thinking about myself and chosen to place hard nose on putting myself down, throwing myself under the bus, being such a negative Nelly, being such a drama queen. And yet it's just really occurring to me in the last few months, especially maybe I've been doing it since the world really opened up. But then we had Omicron in January. So then it was like kind of a shutdown again. So maybe it's really coming to light as I record this at the very end of February in 2022. I find I am just socially challenged when I'm out making small talk in the world. And what I mean by that is I'm just so quick to diminish my success and diminish my happiness and second guess my choices. Like I'm thinking about, for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm with my partner for, I think I just said it before, my partner, Larry, for two and a half years now, and he has four kids. And on the one hand, I think, and even as I say this out loud, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to sound really cocky. Or what if one day the kids listen to this episode or someone close to the kids listens to this episode and thinks like, wow, she's really full of herself. But I do really feel, despite all the natural Irish Catholic guilt that comes up for the role that I represent to them in their lives, especially when I was first meeting them, I really do think that they are lucky to have me. And and I'm like, literally, and I'm going to keep recording this because I think it's super important. I'm cringing as I say this out loud to all of you who listen and cringing at the thought that somebody could hear me say, well, these kids are really lucky to have me in their lives. And it really surprises me. This is why I want to do this episode on the power of your word, because It really surprises me because I have come so far in the ownership of the person I am, the friend I am, the daughter I am, the sister I am, the aunt I am, the partner I am, the coach that I am. And I really have felt very proud of the way that I have shown up in the kids' lives. And I've always been really proud of the way that I show up socially I just think I can carry an intelligent conversation. I ask people questions about themselves. I'm engaging. I'm fun. I'm lively. I'm kind. I'm personable. Like that, those are all traits about me that I've always admired about myself and been proud of. And yet it's like, it just seems to be that lately all of those things have gone out the window and I walk away from conversations and I'm like, why did I just throw myself under the bus? Why when this person was like asking me how work is going? I'm like, I mean, it's good, but like, I don't know. I'm always thinking it should be better. It could be better, but I mean, it is good and I am grateful, but I don't know. It's also really, really tiring. And it's like, I just haven't really been prepared for these kinds of conversations. And I'm not going to lie, is running a business for the most part, I do. I mean, I have an incredible assistant and I have a team of people, an amazing Facebook ads person, an amazing podcast person. I I have hired help. I'm not doing everything on my own, but I am doing a ton of front end and back end on my business. And on top of that, most importantly, being the best coach that I can be to my clients. Like that's my most important job, but there's so many other moving parts in my business that I think many people don't realize. I realized that lately I just feel like I've been reverting back to old Mary Claire Byrne ways of complaining in order to connect with people, diminishing myself in order to not come off as me being too big for my britches. And just also, I find that I'm doing this just with my friends. Like, I just don't have time. I'm just so crazed. I, I That's been a line that I have said for sure in the last few years. And, you know, I've been so crazed. I don't have time. Those are actually thoughts. And I'm sure many of you listening right now are like, no, 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 I get it. I'm crazed too. No, 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 I get it. I feel like I have no time as well. But like, those really are thoughts. 
And you really do have a choice to change them. And so it got me thinking, especially even last week, I did an episode called It's Okay to Need. And two clients from my group program, if you're interested in learning more about my group program, head on over to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com, my one-year group program you can apply to. Just click on the Work With Me page. I heard from two clients who reached out and said, oh, I loved your episode, It's Okay to Need. And I was honest with them and I said, oh my gosh, it's so nice to hear that because I had so much judgment on that episode. I thought I went on too many tangents about me and too many tangents about Larry and I. And I'm sure if you've heard on previous episodes, again, if you're an avid listener to this podcast, I've been very proud of how open I am about my relationship with Larry, how open I've been about my heartbreak, my terrible relationship with myself, all the work that I've done to transform my relationship with myself, all the work that I've done to create true clarity and absolute closure on all past relationships to get me to here. I think it's a very important aspect of this podcast for you guys to understand who I am where I've been, how I got to where I am now, healed whole and madly in love and living my best life in truly the most beautiful, magical place, I think, in the world, Santa Barbara, California. I'm recording this at 7.15 a.m. in the morning, and the sun is just beaming in as I look over the Pacific Ocean from my apartment. I really am living my dream life, and I feel like I am not owning that, and I'm really, um, what is the word that it just, the word just came to my head and then it just went out the other side, but how I'm really just, I I, I'm apologizing for who I am and what I've created and diminishing myself so that, because I think I'm making other people feel better around me, which is just a total bunch of horse shit. And most importantly, as I think about like me, second guessing, how I show up with Larry's kids and how I'm showing up socially with people that I see at his kids' basketball game. I'm just like, why am I not just being lovely and proud and self-owned? And and I'm also always like overly sensitive about how the kids feel with me being at a game. And it's like the constant apologizing for my own existence. It's like really reverting back to old ways. So Here's the deal. None of this is a problem. I'm really, now I'm going to start tooting my own horn. I'm really proud of the fact that I caught it and that I've been catching it, whether I've been judging myself on my podcast, judging myself socially, judging myself with the kids, judging myself in not being available to friends and just constantly having this story of I'm just so crazed. I just don't have the time. I'm so exhausted. Like these are just stories that I am truly creating that I have the power to shift and change. I don't want to be a whiny Wendy. I don't want to have come this far and all of a sudden diminish it because I think that that will make other people feel safe. It's like also just like making myself smaller. Like it's almost, I'm thinking and talking out loud. So I appreciate you guys listening and being my sounding board. It's almost like I'll keep myself small so that nobody thinks I'm too big for my britches. And most importantly, so they'll like me. I think that that's what it comes down to as I was preparing for the episode I feel like I'm stepping into or I've just reverted back to please like me energy. And it's so gross to me. And as I was talking it out with my two clients who I was just completely transparent with who reached out to be like, I loved this episode. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting because this wasn't one of my favorite episodes. And Here's the thought. I was tight on time. I really was tight on time. I had my parents coming to visit for the first time to Santa Barbara, and it was just so amazing having them see my life here with Larry and meet his kids. It was so great. And so there was some crunch time getting everything done before they arrived. And I really was wishing that I had more time so that I could quote unquote, clean up the episode so that people just didn't think I was making the episode all about me. 
And it's just been really interesting. I'm like, what is all this stuff coming up? And I think the best theory that I can come up with is that I really haven't had to deal with social situations for the most part for the last couple of years. And the ones that I have dealt with have been very few and far between. And now it's just becoming more regular. And I also just want to honor the fact that I'm now immersed into a world that was not my world before the world shut down. (laughs) So I can give myself space and compassion and also really give myself a pat on the back for recognizing, like, why am I walking away from this situation just feeling icky? Why am I walking away from this situation second guessing what I said? That's not you, Claire, or it hasn't been you for such a long time. So I can make sense of it, offer myself compassion and decide I want to change it. So that's the work that I'm doing on myself and investigating that and doing tons of self-coaching on. If you're curious about what self-coaching entails, I am offering my course still. It's called Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. This episode is being released on February 28th. And the deadline to sign up for my course, if you want to avail of the opportunity to attend three live bonus group calls in April of 2022, the deadline is end of day Pacific Standard Time tomorrow, March 1st. And this is kind of a quick turnaround of an offer because I had offered group calls in the month of February or the beginning of this month, February for those who had purchased the course before December 31st. And the turnout for those bonus calls was so amazing. It was just so amazing. I coached women all over the world, Paris, London, Australia, New York City, North Carolina, to name a few. Uh, We had a course student in Ireland showing up on the call. We had people all over the world on these calls. So much magic happened, so much laughter, so many cathartic tears, so many breakthrough ahas. And if you're curious about what doing that inquiry to kind of recognize what is going on in your brain that's creating you spewing out the words, the words you say are your actions. Thoughts drive feelings that drive actions, which yield you results. And so what was your intention behind the things that you said? What is your intention behind the things that you did And if you're having the icks about it afterwards or annoyed about yourself, then it's really important to look at the thoughts behind it. So I think the big one for me was please like me energy. And I don't like having please like me energy because I know my truth. I know that I like me and it's not my business and it's not my job to make other people like me. I just have to love how I show up. The other people around me can take it or leave it. And I don't say that in a well, I like me, so deal, right? Obviously, I want to be a sensitive person and a person who has a high level of awareness and knowing who I'm communicating to and the environment, like factoring all of those in, but then leaving it there and just being someone who's happy in her own skin and doesn't need to throw herself under the bus in order for people to like me. That's I'm done with that. I did that for so many years. And I think that this is just such a beautiful example of how the work never stops. My group program, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, same title as this podcast. Again, you can check out all the details at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. But we're coming up on one year, the one year anniversary of the program. And there are already a couple of women who are like, can I please join again? One woman who found love and she still wants to do the work. And she wants to do the work because of shit like this that comes up. Don't think that once you healed your heart, you're good to go. Don't think that once you find love, you're good to go. I always say this because I went from broke as a joke to now running a multiple six-figure business. Don't think that once you hit six figures or multiple six figures, that then all of your money woes are cured. I still have old shit come up from living a very feast and famine lifestyle. And I, I also think about someone who maybe finally gets the nose job or the boob job or loses the weight. That doesn't solve your problem for who you see in the mirror. I think there's so many people out there who 
have experienced that where it's like there's a dramatic change in your appearance and you think that dramatic change is going to make you happy, make you secure. And then all this other shit comes up because the mind doesn't stop doing what it does. The mind is habitual. The mind will very easily revert back to the way it has been habitually thinking for 20, 25, 30 plus years when you least expect it. So I'm such a huge proponent of continuing to do the work regardless of the amazing results that you created. I'm living proof. I've transformed my life dramatically in the most amazing ways. I'm living a fairy tale love life with my partner, Larry. I never thought a man like him existed, at least for someone like me. And so this is why I am such a lover of the work. And when you are consistent with the work, it's going to be easy for you to click in to why you're feeling uncomfortable, why you're feeling anxious, why the icks are coming up and hook into it. Like I haven't even needed to ask my coach about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. All this please like me energy is coming up again and I haven't experienced this for years. Okay, well, the world is shut down. Okay, now that the world is open up, I'm not even in my normal comfortable surroundings. I'm now meeting new people and I now have in the last year and a half, four little beings who are the most important people to me alongside Larry, who I'm getting to know. So it's, it's, it's normal. It's okay. I can be compassionate and change it. So let's start with the area of heartbreak when it comes to the power of your word. How are you talking to others about your heartbreak? And how are you talking both to yourself and about yourself? in your heartbreak. Again, the power of your words are everything. And also, I just want to point out your words are actions. What you say is an action. And thoughts, I know I'm repeating this all the time in all the episodes, but thoughts create feelings that drive actions that yield you results. So what are you even thinking when you're saying the words about you, about your ex, about the relationship? What are you thinking? It just goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? It's like, please like me energy. And so the words I use diminish my success, diminish my happiness, because I think if I'm speaking too proudly about myself, it will put others off and not like me, which by the way, it could. I have no control of over what people think of me or say about me, but I do have control over how I think and speak about myself. And yes, we do have automatic thoughts. That's why we do coaching work. We learn how to manage our minds. We learn how to practice better feeling thoughts in order to create the results that we want. So I think a lot of my clients get tripped up and people listening to this podcast get tripped up. Like they're they're almost like scared of their own thoughts. Like I shouldn't be thinking this. And no, your brain's going to produce whatever thoughts, but the more you keep practicing better feeling ones, those will become more habitual because our thoughts are habitual. So I'm just going to share from personal experience the way I spoke about myself and my ex to others and even just to myself in my journaling and use some examples from what many of my heartbroken clients have said, he shouldn't have cheated on me. It's not fair. I always attract guys like this. Love just must not be in the cards for me. Something is clearly wrong with me. I'm not enough. What does this other woman have who he chose that I don't have? I just want him to come back. I can't imagine ever being over this heartbreak. I want to be very clear here. I'm not saying that you shouldn't say these words out loud, right? It's just we're being curious observers of the way we're thinking and speaking about ourselves while moving through heartbreak. I have said all of those words. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with it, but it is a great opportunity. This is what this episode is for. It's a great opportunity to do inquiry on how you are speaking in your heartbreak. 
I had a client who I really wanted to have her work on her money story because it was so clear to me that this was how she was really not stepping into her own self-ownership and empowerment. And so we have a process in the course and in my program called the fall in love with you section where I really invite my clients to date themselves. And it's not that every single woman who comes into the program needs to clean up her money story, but this was something that we had spoken about uh, when she first signed up for the program, that she really wanted to heal her heart and work on cleaning up all of her thoughts about her ex. And then she really wanted to next level double down on her business and her money story. And so when she got to the place where she really wanted to work on her money story, I said, well, you got to self-coach on it every day. And then she came back with an update. And I said, great. How's your self-coaching on your money story going? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, what do you mean? What do I mean? I told you to self-coach on your money story every day and start creating more up-leveled thoughts about money. And you just told me that you got this little job opportunity, which is great, but what have you been doing with your thinking? And she said, you know, to be honest, I just don't even really know what my thoughts are. And I said, but that's why you're here is to jot them down. When I wake up in the morning and I do self-coaching, and if you guys are listening and you're like, what is she talking about self-coaching? Again, you can purchase my course. I teach you how to manage your mind. I teach you how to look at your thoughts and I teach you how to change your thoughts. I didn't create these tools, but I am teaching them in the context of you healing your heart and in the context of you falling in love with you. So what I love so much about the course and the program is, yes, you're healing your heart and you're learning how to find someone better through these mindset tools, but you're also learning how to up-level your relationship with yourself in the fall in love with you section. And this is what I'm talking about. It's like we have to be willing to sit down and put pen to paper and see what our brain is thinking about topics. So I, when I wake up in the morning before I self-coach, I don't know what my thoughts are about any of the circumstances that are happening in my life. That's why I sit down to download to see what I am thinking, especially when I'm not yielding the results of my desires. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I don't know the words I say, I don't know the thoughts I think about my heartbreak, go find them. They're there. They're in your brain. You're listening to this podcast for a reason, right? Because you're either heartbroken or you're single and stuck and looking for love. And I'm telling you, it's because you have a limited mindset right now that is yielding you unsatisfactory results. This is why you're here. But beyond listening to the podcast, which I love all of you for listening to the podcast. And if you're a lover of this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and give me a nice little testimonial. It's super helpful for me. And it's super helpful for other people like you who want to find the podcast. The more positive reviews, the likelihood is, is that more people like you out there will find this podcast to serve them the way it is serving you. But beyond listening to the podcast, which again, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Then it's going to require you. Like I get messages in my DMs you know, oh, I listened to your podcast. Thanks so much. And then they ask a question where I'm like, yeah, what will be required of you is to learn how to self-coach or come get coaching. P.S. I don't offer free advice in my DMs. I love you all madly. Appreciate that you're fans. But I am so proud of offering this podcast that I pay for out of my own pocket. And I'm so proud of all the content that I create and write and spend a lot of time on to serve people for free. And I'm so proud of all the push articles. I give so much free content, but I do not give individual advice for free. That's actually just not even fair to the clients who come to me to pay for my coaching. So what it comes down to is learning how to actually put pen to paper and take action and really commit your brain to thinking in a different way. And what will be required of you is to ask yourself, what am I thinking about John right now? What are my thoughts about him right now? You could wake up in the morning and say, I'll never find someone like him. That's another That's another very common thought. And those are very common words to say to your girlfriend when you're thinking no one will ever pale in comparison to him. He was the one who got away. And I think the reason why 
our brain can default to, well, I don't know what my thoughts are because I'm using this one client as an example because she's just the first person who popped into my head. But I, I know this happens for many of my clients. It's like, I don't know. It's like, go find out. And the reason why we choose I don't know over going to figure it out and like sitting down and carving out the time is because it's really uncomfortable to look at the br- look at what your brain is thinking, especially if it's creating painful thoughts. And then this is what happens. And I share this a lot on the podcast, but it's a great reminder. We then experience negative emotion, realizing the thoughts that we're thinking that are so mean to ourselves and create so much suffering for ourselves. And then we have judgment on ourselves for having the thoughts. So I'm not criticizing this client. I have compassion for her and I have compassion for all of you who don't want to go there. But here's your choice. Stay with the thoughts, the automatic thoughts that you're not paying attention to, that you aren't aware of, that you're not recognizing are just thoughts. It's just a story. So you can let that let let those thoughts and let those stories run amok in your brain and still keep experiencing this negative emotion and still keep prolonging your heartbreak and therefore prolonging finding your right person because that that's already creating negative emotion for you or choose the other negative emotion which will require you to again carve out the time put pen to paper do some deep inquiry ask yourself what you're thinking Notice the way you're speaking about yourself and about your ex to others. And this isn't about protecting him or her, right? It's just like, what are the thoughts that are creating suffering for you? So that then you have an opportunity to up-level, diffuse them, and transform them so that you can start thinking and feeling and speaking differently about yourself, about him, and about the relationship and have clarity and closure. Step three of my five-step process to stop wanting him back and find someone better. Creating that closure. No, not creating the closure to get an answer from him and tapping him on the shoulder. Creating closure overall for the bigger picture understanding of how you guys got together in the first place, how it went from bliss to fucking hell in your heart. So it's going to be negative emotion either way. It's negative emotion, what you're going through right now in your heartbreak and to have these automatic thoughts and automatic words come flying out of your mouth or experience the negative emotion of watching and realizing what you're thinking, feeling and saying about yourself and the heartbreak so that then you can learn the tools to start thinking, feeling, and behaving differently. You guys, you have to tune in to next week's episode. It's called What's Loving Yourself Got to Do With It? And I bring on my client, Christine, who came in 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 like such a stuck place in my group program. And she literally looks and is thinking and speaking like a completely different human who is over this unavailable guy and who is so freaking into herself. But she was so stuck in thought loops about not being enough for him. And if only she was different and if only she was more patient and if only she didn't put the pressure on him, she was just in these thought loops, but she just kept showing up. She kept doing the thought work and she kept trusting me as her coach. And now she is just in a completely shifted space and loving being in this fall in love with you section. She's not even rushing to get to the find someone better section. She's just soaking up this new space of enjoying being in a relationship with herself because the shitty relationship that she had with herself is what attracted that motherfucker in the first place. So paying attention to your words will also give you great insight to the way that you're thinking. So what else could you be saying, right? I'm just going to throw some actions at you. And of course, those words, like you you want to be careful that you're making sure you're not just saying words robotically because you listen to this episode and Claire the Heartbreak Coach says, don't say those words. No. It, it, again, reminder here, thoughts create actions. It's your thinking that's creating those words, right? So I'm, I'm using this am- example again. I'm thinking of my Irish dad right now who says, you're tearing the arse out of the point like I'm beating a dead horse. I could be thinking, please like me. 
And my words are, oh, business is, is fine. It's good, but it's like really hard. And I really need to turn my brain off. And it's so tiring, right? Like it's like the thought and the words don't have to be the exact same. So you could also be thinking, I'll never find someone like him. And you can also be saying those words, right? But it's like, what I will offer for my heartbroken listeners right now, whatever it is, whether it's I'll never find someone like him. What does she have that I don't have? I, she must have something that I don't have. I'm not enough. I'll never get over him. Is I would just invite you to add the words. I'm noticing that I'm believing right now that I'll never get over him. I'm noticing that I'm believing that she has something better going on about her than me. I'm noticing that I'm believing that all I want is for him to come back for me to feel better. You're just separating yourself from what you believe is a fact. It's not a fact. It's just a thought. And I just think that like it sounds like a baby step, but I think it is actually a monumental step of like, this is what I'm believing right now. And then what Christine offered, little spoiler alert, (laughs) before the episode comes out next week What really helped her in our coaching was it's okay that I'm thinking this right now because this really invites in self-compassion. This It really invites in grace for yourself because it really allows you to be the best friend to yourself that you are to your actual best friend. You would never say it's not okay for you to think that you want him back, even if he was a douchebag. You would never say to your friend, you shouldn't want him back. That's a bad thought. So treat yourself the way you would treat your best friend in her heartbreak. It's okay that I'm thinking these thoughts right now. I'm noticing that this is what I'm believing right now. And place that hand on your heart. Find your feet on the ground. Breathe through it. Allow the grief to come up and just recognize it's a story. That would be the transition into, of course, I'm going to find someone better. If he was supposed to be my person, he would be here. So he's not. And my favorite Byron Katie quote, when I argue with reality, I suffer. So if he isn't in my life, but I have the thought, no one will pale in comparison to him. I'm just creating more suffering for myself. And that is no small feat, stepping into those thoughts. So I just for this takeaway, again, if you are in the thick of your heartbreak right now, And this is what you're moving through. I'm not asking you to step away from this episode saying, of course, I'll find someone better. You're not in the space, which is why I'm a big fan of you purchasing my course or applying for my one-year group program to sink your teeth that much deeper into the coaching work. You can find out all the information at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. Click on the work with me page. You don't have to do this alone. I don't think there's any shame at all in investing in your heart, especially if you're waking up and it is all consuming all day, every day. If you had a broken leg, you'd go to the hospital and get a cast on it and nurse it until it is fully healed. Your heart deserves that same kind of love and energy and proper care and deserves to be invested in as well. Just because nobody can see your physical broken heart, just because you can walk and and technically, physically get yourself all over the place and maybe go through the motions and do your job and be present and feed and clothe your kids, that doesn't mean that this is a way that you have to live. Because I did it for so many years and it was so fucking painful. And I felt that my thoughts were beyond me. I felt that my thoughts were real. I felt that my thoughts were factual. I felt like my pain was something I had zero power of curing really and truly. And that's how I spoke about it. And I uh, uh, let's also just talk about the power of your words driving your loved ones crazy. <laughs> so they're driving you crazy because they're driven by your thoughts. But think about all the loved ones that you spew these words to. You're driving them crazy. And I don't say that to shame you. I did it. I lost friendships and I understand why. I, I, so this is not, again, ever, this this show, this podcast is never an opportunity for you to feel worse about yourself. But it, it is like, you know, I always say I'm a tough love coach. This is my work and my approach is very, you know, I have so much compassion for you. I get it. This is why I do what I do. And let's pull up your big girl pants and recognize that you get to change it. And it is not an overnight process. 
It is a nonlinear process and it is a process that fucking works. It for sure freaking works. So recognizing how you speak, observing your words and how you're showing up. I would jot all of those down and I would encourage you to invite grace and compassion. And next time you're speaking to anyone about it, I'm noticing I'm having these thoughts instead of believing that this story is a fact. You believing you won't find anyone better than him is not the same as two plus two equals four. Two plus two equals four is a fact. I'm never going to find someone like him again is not a fact. And what I would offer (laughs) is, well, good. You don't want to find someone like him again because it didn't work out with him. So you're going to find someone better. But if you can't believe that yet, let's just pause Honor that it's just a story that your brain is attaching to. Allow the grief to come up. Be kind and compassionate to yourself. Recognize it's it's a story. So just cultivating awareness, as they say in all 12-step programs, awareness is the first step. I am aware that my brain is believing all of these thoughts about him and about me coming out of this heartbreak. And to diffuse and transform those thoughts, again, I cannot recommend my course and my program highly enough. So now we're going to segue into the way we speak on dates and how we communicate with people who we are swiping with, because I'm guessing you too might be experiencing this kind of, oh my gosh, why am I saying these things? Or I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't know how to make small talk anymore. Or what if I'm really interested in this person and I find myself people pleasing like I'm doing in random social situations because you haven't been in the practice of getting out there and dating people and meeting them face to face. And maybe it has nothing to do with the pandemic. Maybe you avoid dating because you feel like you you become all squirrely. You have this squirrely energy and you hate the way that you're showing up because you're not being your authentic self, which I think is completely normal. And so let's just dive in to how you can show up differently in how you communicate, whether it's on the dating apps or on actual dates themselves. So common words or lines, if you will, that come up on the dating apps often come from a place of saying what you think the other person would like to hear. Even something as simple as, I like your smile. I'm so impressed. You do X as a job. Or maybe you're really bold and forthcoming and you're like, whoa, those abs, which P.S. Why is he posting pictures of his abs? Why are you posting pictures of your abs? I have a lot to say about that. It's just my opinion. It's not um, coaching advice, but I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I could just stop myself and edit this out, but maybe I'll do a whole episode on that. <laughs> or you talk yourself up. Instead of complimenting the other person you're communicating with on the apps, it's bragging about yourself or you know, selling yourself. And again, none of this is bad. I remember Larry, the love of my life, asking me questions about what I do. And I'm really proud of what I do. And unlike myself in these new social situations where I seem to be diminishing myself or throwing myself under the bus or complaining so that it doesn't seem like I'm chalking myself up to these people who I don't know. I was very well practiced and prepared for how I communicate in my dating life because this is what I do for a living. And so I really was very confident and I still am. I'm just noticing that I took at lately for me, going back to the beginning of this episode, I've been taking my confidence hat off in certain situations with people I don't know. And that was just a surprise to me, which again is just inspiring this episode because I can only imagine how you guys are showing up and second guessing your words. And the reason why you're second guessing them or saying things that you wish you didn't say is because you're not clear on your intention and you're not clear with your confidence in who you are showing up. And it's so much so about wanting to impress. And I don't think wanting to impress is a bad thing. It only gets a little bit slippery when you're not being your most authentic self. 
when you're just saying things that you think the other person will want to hear. And guess what? You don't know what that other person will want to hear when you are only swiping with them on the internet, on a dating app. And you still won't know what that other person wants to hear in the first five, six, seven, eight dates. Hell, I'm in a two and a half year relationship with the person I plan on spending the rest of my life with. And you know, I'm not a mind reader. I can't know what he needs to hear. I know Larry loves words of affirmation and that's so easy for me to give him because I love showering him with compliments and love and appreciation. But maybe there's been a moment or 10 moments or 20 moments where he really needed me to say something to him or he was craving some kind of love or affection from me that I wasn't giving him in that moment. I don't know. So we can make ourselves crazy worrying about what the other person needs to hear. And especially with regarding newly dating, because now I'm in a long-term relationship with the love of my life that I can say, what's going on with you if I feel like something's off or I don't know what to say. Oftentimes when Larry's really stressful with his job, I don't know if he wants me to offer like my coach hat or if he just wants me to be with him and hold him and love him and breathe with him and relax with him. So I can say like, do you want to talk about this or do you want to just sit or do you want to chill and maybe escape watching Love is Blind too? which P.S. if you're not watching that on Netflix, it's (laughs) everything I want it to be and more. Or maybe you're not a complimenter or you don't chalk yourself up, but you do what I've been doing in these new social situations that I'm finding myself in where you play small. And, you know, if he compliments your picture, you say, oh, that's like an old picture. Or I used to say this too. I'm not good at taking compliments. Those were words that I used to say when I was very unintentionally dating. I felt like, oh, this is me owning that I'm not good at taking compliments. Like, what the fuck is that? Get good at taking compliments. If you're not good at receiving compliments, then that is so, in my opinion, it's very indicative that you don't agree with the compliment or you think it's cocky to receive the compliment and say, thank you. Which again, I, I had these I started to get um, tips on my nails and I'm obsessed with them. Um, And I got these like really fun Valentine's nails and someone in one of these, you know, social situations that I'm newly finding myself in said, oh, I really like your nails. And I was like, oh my God, thanks. They're just like my over the top Valentine's nails. Like, I don't even know what Kool-Aid I'm drinking that I'm just throwing. Of course, I love these nails. I paid for the man to put multiple different colors and a heart on one of my nails for Valentine's themes. Why can't I just say thanks? I love them too. I'm I'm obsessed with my new tips. It's just really, again, going into investigating how you show up, what you say, and what's the meaning and the thinking behind what you're saying. So, I just want to ask you right now, if you're, you know, in the dating game right now and you're hearing me and you're like, oh my gosh, I over the top compliment them because I think that that's what I'm supposed to do. Or I chalk myself up because I want him to think I'm this cool, confident, successful woman. Or I do what Claire's been doing lately and I throw myself under the bus. How do you want to be showing up? What do you want to be thinking on these dates? And again, I want to, I'm again, tearing the, the arse out of it because I, I feel like there is this very fine line. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to impress. As soon as I got into the car with Larry, yes, I let him pick me up at a hotel in Santa Barbara. I was living in LA for those of you who don't know. And I'm not a fan of someone picking you up in a car on the first date, really number one for safety reasons. But I had done my research. I could tell he was not a murderer based on my research. And because I had traveled up to Santa Barbara, I thought it was lovely that he wanted to pick me up. And he wasn't picking me up from uh, my location, from my home. But if I was in L.A. and he was in L.A., I would for sure say, let's meet here. And when he picked me up, you know, I've said this before on the podcast, he definitely has RSF, resting serious face. (laughs) And I remember my thought was in the car when he picked me up, like, oh, I don't think he's into me. He just like seems very serious. And 
I, of course, my, my go-to is to impress. I mean, I actually shut down and found myself getting really quiet and literally losing my words, which if you guys know me, either personally or just from listening to this podcast, Claire Byrne losing her words is not something that comes up often for me. <laughs> Maybe they're words I don't always love, but I also find myself like, oh, let me just fill this awkward silence. But I actually literally was so enamored by him when I met him that I got really quiet and I noticed I got into my in, into my head. And I guess because I was so well-practiced and so intentional and so committed with finding my person with, again, the process that I teach in my course and in my program, that I was actually coaching myself in the front seat of his car as we were driving because I noticed myself saying, oh my God, he's not that into me. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm really feeling this guy. And just being like, Claire. And I found my feet on the ground and I breathed and I just asked him questions about work. I just asked questions. So I'm actually really proud of how I showed up. But again, I was really prepared and I wasn't prepared or haven't been preparing for the world opening up and finding myself in new environments that I wasn't in pre the pandemic. So how do you want to be showing up? I think that there's a lovely angle to wanting to impress your person, but I would not advise trying to impress the person that you're interested in by compromising who you are. And if you find yourself selling yourself with a brag or overly complimenting him because you think that's the thing to do, or selling yourself short, not selling yourself, but underselling yourself by throwing yourself under the bus, decide, how do I really want to be? How do I really want to show up? And my guess is confident, self-owned, lovely, kind, engaging, someone who listens, someone who asks good questions, someone who has something of substance to contribute. Maybe he doesn't think what you have to contribute is of substance, but you do. And your person is going to think what you have to offer is of substance too. This is why we date. So what are the things that you want to know about your person? What are the questions that you want to ask? And no, I don't mean get in the car and be like, what are you looking for? Are you ready for babies? I'm ready for babies. But yeah, in the first two, three, four dates, I want you to find out if this person is looking for a relationship. And do not rely on his profile that says, looking for a relationship, because that can mean many different things to many different people. So what are the questions that I want to know? What are the things that I would like to share about myself if it organically comes up? How do I want to be? I'm, I'm not shy to give someone a compliment, but am I doing it so, oh, I want him to know that I'm interested? Or is it an organic moment where you can just appreciate and admire someone and be in the present and say, that's amazing that you do that. Oh my gosh, wow. Tell me more. That's so cool. I've never met someone who does this. Like Larry was like, I've, I really have never met a life coach before. I'm so curious about this world. I know it's becoming, you know, a really huge industry. It's just not, not an industry I'm familiar with. I'm so fascinated by this. Tell me more. It's just genuine and authentic. Another line, if you will, that I don't have a problem with that I would really encourage my clients to say is if you are someone who chokes up and kind of shuts down and lets the nerves get the best of you, again, I would I would invite you to do what I did when I got into the car with Larry for the first time ever. Find your feet on the ground, breathe, locate the anxiety, and just take a breath and be present. You don't have to fill the silence with noise. And, you know, you could just say, I'm actually really nervous right now. Why don't you call out the moment? I've shared this on the podcast before. Name it to tame it. Name the anxiety. I have to be honest. I'm actually kind of nervous right now. I'm telling you, calling it out is going to diffuse it. Name it to tame it is a slogan from... I know it's a slogan from Al-Anon and AA. Those are two different 12-step programs. AA is Alcoholics Anonymous. Al-Anon is for the uh, alcohol. AA is for those who are addicted to alcohol. And Al-Anon is for those who are loved ones of the addict. And it also applies to, I mean, I know lots of people who go to Al-Anon and it isn't even about their loved one being addicted to alcohol. Anyway, 
you know, I love that slogan, name it to tame it, because when you call it out loud, it really will diffuse, right? It's just, hey, this is the actual truth of what's going on. And if your next thought is, oh my God, well, I don't want to admit that to him. Admitting nerves is, you know, so embarrassing. That's like way too vulnerable for me. I get it. But I would encourage you calling what is happening within you out loud in the moment over saying things that you think he wants to hear. Those are your options. If you're if you're freaking out and you're not feeling yourself and you're feeling disconnected and you're so nervous, you can't even like think about what you want to say. I would take a breath, find your feet on the ground, come back into your body and say, I just have to say right now, I'm actually a little bit nervous. And it's not, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Like, can you like help me not be nervous? Do you like me? No, own the nervousness. And if someone is going to reject you or say, why? That's so lame. I'd be like, okay, you can pull over the car. If you're going to shame me for just like calling out that I feel a little bit nervous, bye. Because if you, if, if he can't hold the space for that, then how is he going to hold the space for the big stuff that comes up in the relationship? I know that this is not uh, easy by any means, but you're listening to this podcast because what you're doing isn't working. And what it always comes back to, whether it's you being heartbroken or you being single and really wanting to find your person and putting yourself out there, if you are just truly connected to your most authentic self and the words you speak is just coming from a place of pure, transparent, true intention, you cannot lose. And you might feel like, oh, well, I did lose Claire because I did tell him I was nervous and he totally shut me down and made me feel dumb. No, he didn't. He's a dick. And you're letting his thoughts about you make meaning of your worth and what you should and shouldn't have said. The last thing that I just want to offer is the words that you use on your profile, I also think are really powerful. And I'm so mad at myself that I didn't screenshot my profile before I deleted it on Bumble where I met Larry. And no, Bumble didn't create the results. Don't think, oh, Claire found Larry. So therefore, Bumble has to work. People have positive experiences. People have negative experiences on all the apps. It isn't about the apps. Your thoughts create your results. And I had aligned thoughts when I was swiping on Bumble. I was swiping on Bumble for years before I met Larry. I just always like to say that because people think, oh, where did you find him? Oh, well, if she had success, then I'll just go there. And I just don't think that you can compare people's stories. It all comes back to aligned intention with your result. And I shared this recently on Instagram talking about how I go to bed at a grandma bedtime pretty regularly. I'm about to hop on the plane to go to Vegas and my bestie, Danielle, we're celebrating her 40th and there's like some late night plan one of the nights. And I'm like, yeah, probably won't make it because I'm a grandma. And if Larry wants to go, he can totally go. Like, I'm not his babysitter. I'm not his mom. Just because I go to bed at a grandma t- bedtime doesn't mean he shouldn't go and hang out with my amazing friends who have now become his amazing friends. <laughs> but I put on my profile that I go to bed at a grandma bedtime and I shared what my Sundays look like. And I talked about how I'm a life coach and I have zero interest in coaching you on yours. I've shared all of this but again before on this podcast, but I think it's an important one to bring up, an example to bring up in terms of owning every single word so that if I match with someone I'm interested in and then he unmatches me, we all do that, right? We swipe on someone, we match with them, we take a closer look at their profile and then we realize, oh, he has different political beliefs or he is devout to his religion that just wouldn't jive with me. Or uh, I took a closer look at his pictures and I actually think I'm pretty sure I'm not at all physically attracted. And I don't think that there's room for physical attraction to grow here, right? So we all do it. I don't think it's a bad thing. But if I was to match with someone who I was intrigued by and he unmatched me before we even connected or he unmatched me 
after we connected, I can always go back to my profile and I can go back to the words that I used in our exchanges and own the fuck out of myself and say none of what I said was a problem because it came from an aligned intention. And I was very clear about me and how I show up and who I am. And I really like me. And I like being this confident, self-owned dater who's genuinely intrigued to get to know other people. But I'm so clear. I'm not going to second guess the words on my profile, the pictures on my profile, or the words that I choose in our dating app exchanges or on text or on a date because I'm so clear and proud of who I am and the way that I show up. And I'm not going to pretend to be someone different. And I'm not going to say things just for the sake of saying them because I think it's what the other person wants to hear. And that, my loves, is a practice because I can for sure tell you tons of instances where I was upset with myself for something that I said that wasn't inappropriate or definitely overdrank and knew that I talked too much and wasn't surprised when he didn't want to go out again. I mean, I I always say this, you guys, I've said it all, done it all, been there, <laughs> done that. I've observed it all. I've heard it all with my clients. I, again, don't want you listening to this podcast saying, oh, fuck, now I've been doing it all wrong. Listen to this podcast and say, oh, here's a new perspective. Here's a new way that I can show up. Here's a new way that I can be more intentional, not just with my thinking, but also with my words. If I say so myself, I really enjoyed doing this episode. So much love. And please head to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. Sink your teeth that much deeper into these tools so that this conversation that I'm having with you, which yes, I I know it's a one-way conversation. It's me speaking to you, me speaking at you. But for you to be in this elevated space with the women in my group program or to create an elevated space just with you being a student of the course and working the tools and the worksheets and the videos in this lifetime access course, which again, If you purchase the course by end of day, March 1st, 2022, you will be invited to three live bonus group calls with me. I cannot express the power of the coaching that happens in these rooms. It is anonymous. You don't even have to raise your hand, but I got to tell you, there was just amazing feedback from those who weren't even on the calls There's so much power in group coaching and you get to experience it when you purchase my course. There is also a payment plan available. So head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and let's dive in. And I hope to see your beautiful faces in April. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.